Hello, and welcome to Music Therapy and Beyond. I'm Elizabeth, and today I'm very excited to welcome Stephanie Level to the podcast. Stephanie Level is an award-winning songwriter, a music therapist, and the creator of Music for Kiddos, an online education company that provides high-quality music resources and continuing education for music therapists, music educators, and parents. Stephanie is a Berklee College of Music graduate and is passionate about using music to help kids succeed. She specializes in working with babies and kids up to age 10. Let's get to the episode. Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And we are just as excited to have you here. We wanted to talk to you for a long time. I know personally, I subscribe to um, the resource community for Music for Kiddos and I listen to your podcast. So it's really cool to actually get to meet you, even though it's virtually, and uh, learn a little bit more about you because I'm a big fan. So I'll try not oh, to fangirl you. too hard. <laughs> Oh, it's so great to see you. And we're on Zoom right now. So it's so great yeah. to see you on screen and have this opportunity to chat. It's wonderful. Yay. So not everybody's necessarily familiar with who you are um, that listens to our podcast. So what we always like to have people do is to introduce themselves and kind of talk about how they got to where they are right now. So how you became a music therapist slash songwriter slash is influencer one of your titles now? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I don't know if it's one I claim. <laughs> it might be one that's been tagged um, or assigned to you at some point. But I think it'd be great for our listeners to just learn a little bit about you and how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. So my name is Stephanie Lovell, and I am a music therapist. And I started doing music when I was really young. I grew up in a really musical family um, and ended up in kind of a long and windy road um, with a <laughs> with a journey with lots of bumps in it. Ended up at Berkeley College of Music um, where I thought I was gonna be a music business major um, and stumbled upon the music therapy major, decided to go ahead and sign up for music therapy 101. And then in my first class, I was immediately hooked and immediately realized that it was the piece of music for me that was really, really missing because I, even though I loved music, I did all things music. I mean, my whole life was music um, up until that point. Um, I have never been comfortable performing. I have never been comfortable on a stage. I have, I'm very introverted. Um, I spent a lot of time like writing songs by myself at my house. <laughs> and, um, 
And I loved kind of the elements of music that were about connection and um, expressiveness and things like that. And so it just felt much more natural to me to um, to not be the focus of the music, if that makes sense. And in music therapy, we get to, you know, we get to really make the focus be the the kids and, and the folks that we work with. And that felt very good and um, right to me. That's awesome. So where did you do your internship for music therapy? So I did my internship at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston okay. with the amazing Lori Kubitschek. And um, that was an incredible experience. And that kind of set me on the music therapy path of medical music therapy, mm -hmm. which is what I did my first ooh, five years as a music therapist. Um, and I really thought that I would do that forever. Um, but had the experience of, you know, I had an amazing internship experience in Boston. Um, and I graduated in 2009, which before 2020 was the worst year to graduate <laughs> because there were no jobs available, but then 2020 hit and it just seems like that, that my, my experience was a breeze compared to that. Right. right. But, um, but yeah, there, you know, there normally maybe would have been some opportunities or some job openings or something like that in Boston. And there just weren't, everything was frozen um funding wise and everything and so i found myself moving back home um to boise idaho and within a couple of years there um had started many music therapy programs kind of piecing them together right mm -hmm. but one of those big ones was the the uh music therapy program at my local hospital the children's hospital and in um the pediatric oncology inpatient and outpatient clinic and i did that for many years and absolutely loved it yeah Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of us, we aren't necessarily told super truthfully how many of our own jobs we will have to create. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> We're given those rosy colored glasses and told that music is magic and we'll have a job and yeah. it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Depending on when and where you are when you finish, it can be a very different story. So, but it also makes us very resilient and adaptable. So, you know and creative yeah <laughs> makes us makes us get really creative on that so so many skills yes so, yeah so then when did your songwriting journey begin then was it before all of that during all of that where did that come from yeah that's a great question because i that is kind of the thing that i like the title that i aspire to own the most <laughs> these days if i had to say um i have realized that i am a songwriter and it was something that was hard for me to claim for a while and now i'm like 36 i'm like okay i can say i'm a songwriter right <laughs> um but i started writing songs when i was a teenager just for fun i didn't understand anything about like how to do it musical structure anything like that um, and then when I was at Berkeley, I took a few songwriting classes and really enjoyed it. And in hindsight, I wish I would have minored in songwriting at Berkeley. Um, but I was like, you know, trying to get through quickly, save money, all of that. And so I didn't end up doing a minor. Um, and as a music therapist, I was improvisational. So I was just making up songs with kids. And so when I was I don't know, by the time like I had years under my belt as a music therapist, I had probably like two songs that I would kind of go back to once in a while and that's it. I wrote songs for myself just kind of for fun and 
Um, but I didn't write songs for music therapy purpose, really. I just improvised songs. And then what happened is my family ended up moving to Indiana so my husband could pursue a PhD. And um, I found myself in another kind of windy path as a preschool music teacher. <laughs> and um, I showed up to my first preschool music class. It was my daughter's class. She, it was like this small town in Indiana and they just didn't, they had a kind of a teacher who would come and see some of the classes, but she wasn't available to come to all of the classes. And I thought, here's my like three-year-old who loves music. I thought, no, she can't go to preschool and not have music. And so I volunteered to just do music in her class only. And um, pretty soon. The same found, thing at my son's did you preschool. Really? <laughs> yes. I know because it's such a shame. You can't, yep. you cannot go to preschool without music. That's yeah, just, it's not right. Um, but anyway, and pretty soon I found myself as the teacher for the whole school. Mm -hmm. And um but the first class when I showed up, I had a couple songs in my back pocket, like those songs that I had used, you know, again and again. I had like a couple like nursery rhymes in my back pocket. And when I showed up for that first class, it was like, it was so hard. <laughs> I could not believe how hard it was. It's 24 kids all at once. And I couldn't use like a lot of my improvisational skills that I had honed over the years and that I had confidence in. And I realized, okay, I'm gonna have to use my songwriting skills. I'm gonna have to start writing some songs mm -hmm. that like I actually write before I show up. <laughs> yeah. And then I use them in a flexible way, but I actually write them before I show up. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's actually how Music for Kiddos, my online education company started um, when totally out of necessity because I felt like I didn't have what I needed. Um, and I was like searching for preschool music songs and kindergarten music songs, and I wasn't finding really songs in my style. And so that's, so I started writing songs and just sending them out to other music therapists and music educators. And we're so grateful for that because oh, thanks. <laughs> I was in mental health in the NICU for years. And then when I moved to Missouri to join the practice that I'm supervising now, I'm doing tons of early childhood groups for neurodivergent kiddos. And I was like, oh, I need new music. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I haven't been in this world in a little while. And so it was really refreshing to find your music and find songs that um, I didn't necessarily have to completely change or turn on their head to be able to use. I only had to make, you know, slight adaptations right. and they were very functional for me. So personally, thank you for sharing it. Oh, sure. <laughs> it made it so much easier. And I still write some of my own songs, but having somebody else that puts their stuff out there helps you to get started gets your creative juices going and really helps you to kind of use that structure that you provide in your music and um, just adapt it to what you're doing where you are so yeah thank you for oh sharing. my goodness <laughs> thanks for saying that i appreciate it that's that is what i aspire to do in these songs that i write it's like take a piece of it you know even take like two lines of it and then use it for whatever you need but it's like it's like that spark of an idea and some people use the entire song kind of as written but um but a lot of people just take kind of what they need from it and then adapt it and i think that's and they're and they're designed like that they're designed to be flexible songs a lot of them have mm -hmm. like kind of improvisational or open b sections where you can like do a do it in a lot of different ways mm -hmm. and so it's a really specific kind of songwriting which is which is really fun and uh, kind of a puzzle yeah 
I was listening to another interview you did and going back through your podcast, just preparing for this conversation. And I thought that was really cool that you mentioned that as an intention with your music, that it's not mm -hmm. necessarily meant to just be hit play on the speaker and use it, that it's meant to be taken and um, sort of changed for however people need it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that and then what ends up happening is when I go to record my music, it's really hard for me because if if somebody were to kind of see me use my songs with kids, I would never do them the same twice. Mm -hmm. And so I have to like make a decision for how I want it to be and and a lot of the songs have emotions and things like that that I would I would kind of look for in the moment and um, adapt and change in the moment. And so to have to like commit to <laughs> to what a song is going to sound like recorded is yeah. really a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it is. I can't imagine. Like I, I have lead sheets and things like that, but every time I go into group, I change something. Yep. And then I'm trying to remember afterwards, like, what did I do with my guitar? <laughs> exactly. I, that. I just did something different, but I really like that. I need to store it somewhere in my brain. Do you have any kind of system for how you kind of store those things away for future songs and future recordings? Or mm. are you like the rest of us where we leave and just completely have a blank mind and can't remember? <laughs> Yeah, if I, well, my voice memos are ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like, you know, my family is just like completely used to it. Like, I'll just get like quiet for a second and I'll like turn around and I'll say something like a monster named Pickles who's, who's like whatever. And they're just like, ignore it. They're like so used to it at some point. But I go <laughs> through like my voice memos and label them as like add on for, you know, a specific song or, um, you know, title idea or chord progression or melody and i'll give myself some like descriptors so that when i'm sifting through them again i can i can find them mm -hmm. um but that's my primary kind of my primary pretty unorganized method is my voice memos just have so many i i don't know i have to buy the phone with like the largest memory in it otherwise it just fills up yep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I can see that being a really helpful tool, but it kind of um, makes me want to ask you how or if maybe you have found sort of a songwriting style or technique that works really well for you, or if you're still sort of developing that. I would say I was just thinking about this this weekend um, because every month I do lesson plans where I write about six songs. Mm -hmm. um, for the lesson plan and what I have found is the time that it takes me to write those songs gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and a lot of it is how I prepare ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of it is just the fact that i've you know i've probably written at least 500 early childhood songs at this point, and so That's I have <laughs> I know I know it's. Yeah, and it's just that like consistency, but it, yeah, it's really interesting how it adds up. But um, yeah, so what I've discovered recently that I find really interesting is that if I give myself a little bit of structure um, before I get started, then the ideas come faster. So I have a lot of different ways that I get ideas. Like I go and I look at, um, I love children's books. I look at a lot of children's books. I look at the images. I, I look at kind of the story. Um, I will 
walk around a store and look at different props. Mm -hmm. um, like this month um, for my song, I have, see, I have all over my desk <laughs> doing a drumming song with rubber ducks, nice. um, you know, which seems kind of silly, but, but and, and I'm like really careful about not making my songs like too cheesy. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like a lot of those things that like a little prop to get a kid engaged is like all they need to engage with like the whole entire session, right? Mm -hmm. um, I look at instruments. I will order kind of interesting and obscure instruments and try them out and challenge myself to write like three songs about castanets, for mm -hmm. example. Um, and, and then I just think about like, oh, somebody told me recently, like that castanets are great bubble poppers. And I thought, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, I like, I definitely need a song about that, you know? Um, and I just keep, I keep uh, my, my mind open to possibilities wherever I go. So uh, if I hear a kid say something, if I hear somebody say something, I'm just constantly kind of collecting ideas, which is very much like where my brain is anyway like i love ideas i don't know if there's anything i'm more enthusiastic about um so and people send me ideas these days which is yeah. like it's like the it's like people sending me treasure you know <laughs> what about a song called this or whatever like i absolutely love it um but okay back to my original <laughs> i have um so for example um i was gonna see if i had it on my computer and i don't but like this month um I pre-selected an instrument. I pre-selected a theme, a book, an instrument, a goal area for music therapists, a goal area for music educators, um, um, like a prop and a craft all in one, which seems, which seems like kind of like a lot, but then what happens is at a glance and I planned it out for 12 months. Mm -hmm. So at a glance, I immediately have all of these things and it's like, okay, um, well, this is like a baby animal theme or whatever. And so, so maybe I would do a song about chicks hatching or something like that. And it just starts to like build in this massive list of, of ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I can kind of go from there. Um, and that helped me, you know, um, I can sometimes get through, you know, six songs or something in about two hours if I have that structure ahead of time. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool so do you remember the first song that you ever wrote yeah or, i do yeah? <laughs> yeah um i grew up playing the harp um and i remember when i was about nine writing a song and um it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because the other day i was playing around on the piano and i played just the line it was just da 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 da, -da. and it was this little little um song that i wrote on my harp that had is so interesting to me to think back at it because it had like a lot of syncopation and stuff in it which i makes me realize that i've been like that my whole life mm -hmm. um but anyway i was i was playing the piano and i accidentally played that line and this was just like a few days ago and so i wrote a song on the piano about like like looking back at me at age nine, you know? Mm. Um, and it had that, it had that line in it just expanded. Um, so I do a lot of that kind of stuff too. I'm in a little bit of a self-reflective uh, stage of life. And so I'm writing a lot of songs about like, like uh, 
challenges and, you know, I have a lot of health issues. My daughter has a lot of health issues. I'm writing songs to help me cope with a lot of that right now. Yeah. Well, and you see that reflected in your album for sure. As I've been mm -hmm. listening to it lately, you have a couple pretty reflective songs on there. And the one that I really enjoy just as a parent myself of two elementary age kiddos is slow down. Because mm, I'm I'm in that spot where I'm like, oh, go back to being a baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing to see you becoming a person. And I also miss being able to just sit and hold you and stare at you yeah. for two hours at a time. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it goes so fast, uh, especially when they get up to, you know, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. So all the stuff that's going on for you personally right now, it sounds like maybe that was part of the inspiration for your songwriting in general, but maybe also this album, would you say? Yeah, I would say it's a mix. I would say that my, my songwriting can't happen without including my life experience in it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And it comes across in like very different ways. Um, I think that I write a lot of songs about like kids loving themselves and mm -hmm. um, giving themselves space and, you know, things like that. And just, you know, kind of sensory regulation songs. And it, that is truly reflective of like, you know, some people say these are like inner child songs, you know, yeah. like, like songs that you write for yourself as a, as a child and, um, or, or like for me, a lot of like what I would tell my own daughter who's, who's, uh, chronically ill in a pretty mm -hmm. big way. Um, and I think that that has made our family, you know, <sighs> reflect on what is important. And so a lot of that comes across in my music, like what is important, you know, for me, and, and this is how we all feel as music therapists. Is it the, is it the music concepts? Is it even like the academic or like, you know, no, 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 we want kids to feel loved and confident and free to be exactly who they are. And, um, and so that stuff is definitely reflected in my music. Um, whether or not it's like the more kid-centric songs mm -hmm. um or kind of the ones that are like on my album i have like a few that are kind of snuck in there for parents right which i think is really cool and that's a little bit different for you compared to the last album that you did which was much more for the kids to engage yes. in and this one's kind of for the whole family it seems like yeah which is mm -hmm. really cool. So what led you to make that decision to make it more about everybody and not just the kids? Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I wanted to make a more serious album that somebody could look at outside of the children's music space and say, like, yeah, that's for kids, but, but musically, I can say that that's a solid album. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I wanted to go. And so I knew it was going to include some of my favorite songs that I had written um, that were a little bit more serious, mm -hmm. but it was a huge puzzle to figure out how to do that with the kid centric songs as well. And, um, and yeah, and then I think for the next one, it's going to be more kid, more kid friendly and more like classroom friendly and um, things like that. But this one I felt really needed to happen. Um, and I wanted to try, I wanted to try it. I honestly, uh, 
you know, I've had people ask me like, are you competitive or something? Cause I'm like <laughs> a builder of things and I really am not. I, I am like, um, I'm really not competitive, but I like to see if I can do things. <laughs> like I like to just see if I can do it. So that was a big one for that album as I kind of decided to go big on this album. You know, there's like a lot of production on there. Um, there was a lot of time and resources spent on this album. And I just wanted to see like, if I kind of went all in what, what could come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's harder the older we get to give ourselves permission to do things or yes. to think that like, am I still allowed to do this or am I allowed to do this yet? Or exactly, exactly. Does this belong to me? Um, is this a part of me? Is this something I can do? And I think it's really cool when you get a little bit older and you have all this time reflecting on yourself and you realize, well, this is just silly. <laughs> I just need to yes. do the things that I, I want to do and not worry so much about whether other people are going to endorse it or, you know, everybody's always critical of the sophomore album anyway. So you may as well mm -hmm. just do whatever you want. With it. <laughs> that's awesome. I love like, that. Which band in the history of ever has not had somebody that's like, well, why'd they do that on their second album? I like yes. the first album better. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I, yeah. There is really something about kind of getting like older and more secure in what you're doing and just being like, I'm going to do it my way, you know, I'm going to try it my way. And honestly, that's been a really uh, interesting path on this album because there have been, you know, it definitely has a specific sound to it and it, it does not fit in with the children's music space. And um, people have made that abundantly clear to me, like uh, <laughs> promoters and radio stations. And yeah. they're just like, we un we see understand that this is really cool, but this does not fit into what we like our regular path. Mm -hmm. And so I've received a lot of like no's where, you know, and things like that. And, um, and I've just had to become more and more secure with the fact that like, I wouldn't change the album that I created. Mm -hmm. um, and if I had shifted it into like what, I don't know, what people wanted for radio or something like that, it wouldn't have been mine. Mm -mm. And so I wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of how to describe it when I was listening to it. And it's still very different from them. But the only one that I can think of being anywhere close is the Okie Dokie Brothers. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. one of the reasons I like their children's music is because it's more of a folk lean and that's mm -hmm. my favorite kind of music. So when I find children's music that has that vibe to it, I really enjoy it because my kids don't yet like my folk music. So sure. I'm trying to yeah. just give them little pieces <laughs> of it wherever I can um, in more of their taste because I really wanna share that with them um, someday. So that was the only one I could think of that kind of came close. You really are kind of in your own category with it right now because it's not just a folk kids album. That's not the right way to classify it. And it's definitely not um, a Lori Berkner style album. Yeah. So it, yeah. it kind of has its own flavor and feel, which is kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, th I it is something that I am proud to say that it is unique in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and also like recognizing that it has has put up some barriers but it's it's all good you know what's the purpose of it anyway I, I i'm just thrilled that like kids are listening to it and it's okay with me if you know radio stations and stuff don't pick it up as much um 
And, uh, and I've been told like, I could do that. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I wasn't sure how to ask this question because when I first started listening to you on Spotify, I remember initially sort of almost being surprised that it was under your name and not under music for kiddos. Yeah. That there was kind of a distinction there. Um, but it sounds like when just hearing you talk about it, that they are two different things. They're not one and the same because all the music that you make for music for kiddos is catered to a fairly specific audience. But the stuff that you're doing is Stephanie level. It sounds like you're wanting to reach maybe a little bit more broadly with the music you're putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. It's, um, I'm attempting to find that, that wider audience that might include parents, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. Whereas music for kiddos is definitely very focused on music therapists um, and music educators in the early childhood setting. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say some of it is not yet defined. You know, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't, yeah. I, don't say, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I just make it up <laughs> as I go. <laughs> But that's part of the fun too. Yeah. You're not boxed in. There's still room to grow. And this yeah. album has has that feel of um of growth and hope and things to come, as well as some reflection built in there. Um, so I think that's really cool. I'm excited to see kind of where things continue to go for you and how many more albums you make and what they're like. It'll just be kind of fun to follow your journey, I think. Thank you. Um, so I did want to ask you kind of why you named the album, what you did and kind of what that phrase made to bloom kind of means to you. Yeah. So, um, in my idea collecting that I am constantly kind of doing the phrase made to bloom was literally on like an Instagram meme thing. <laughs> and, and I, and I saved it as like a, wow, that should be a song. Um, because how like how beautiful is that phrase when you look at it from the perspective of kids and so then I wrote the song and the song was something that I sent out to uh, I have a song of the month club email list I sent it out to my email list um, and continued to receive really great kind of feedback on that song and that was years ago and um I don't know. And so, and then I kind of reimagined it for the album and re-recorded it for the album. And um, to me, I don't know, I just imagine kind of the imagery, it's really cheesy, but I imagine the imagery of like a big field of flowers, of wildflowers in, in particular. Um, I grew up going to this beautiful cabin up in kind of central Idaho um, where the wildflowers, like if you go up, you know, one week, you see a whole field of one kind of flower. And if you go up the next week, you see like a totally different set of wildflowers. And it's just like, whatever day you hit, you're gonna get different flowers. Um, but that's the imagery of, of just a big field of wildflowers, all really, really different mm -hmm. um, flowers. And all, you know, as, as kids, you know, I really think that in the right environment and with the right nurture and love truly all kids can can blossom and um and it might look really really different for each kid um but they are all made to bloom yeah oh that's beautiful i love that <laughs> that's so cool 
Um, well, I'm curious, we talked about it and alluded to it a little bit, but just thinking about who's most likely to listen to this podcast, kind of our, um, our subscribers and listeners, what's something that you kind of hope that this album might bring to them or inspire mm -hmm. for them? Yeah. I mean, truly, um, I, there, there are a few songs in particular in the album that I hope would make uh, people maybe write a song about their own life um, mm -hmm. and be inspired to kind of write their own music. I mean, that would be the dream of mine mm -hmm. for adults listening to the album and realizing that a lot of um, processing and beautiful like healing and sharing can happen inside music, whether or not it's like a, a structured song or or not honestly it just it can be anything but um yeah and then i think there's a really interesting next step after writing the song and i think that is sharing it whether or not you choose to put it um put it on spotify or just share it with a few people around you um, and that's been really eye-opening with this album because um I on like album release day, for example, I heard from so many people that particularly as the song slow down. Mm -hmm. And then there, the song that directly follows it is called if you need to cry. Yeah. And I think it kind of those two songs together kind of surprised some people. Um, and um, in how it kind of brought to the surface some some common themes of big emotions and things mm -hmm. like that. And it was a uh, I mean, it, it was like a beautiful weekend of hearing from just so many people and saying um because they were vulnerable songs for me to share they were the they're the most personal yeah. songs i have ever written um and you can hear like me singing basically to my daughter in a lot of ways in those songs and um you know we all so many of us have these shared experiences and music can be interpreted in so many different ways and and uh, so that was very eye-opening to me to like have the experience of sharing these very vulnerable songs with people and then hearing from them it was connecting you know yeah. so i think you know just i think that would be incredible if somebody could get that kind of experience from this album either feeling connected to the music that i wrote or being encouraged to write their own music and connect with others yeah absolutely i mean i think just speaking personally for myself i did not do my internship in a children's hospital because I was told by several people that I'm not somebody who should work with kids because mm. I'm very introverted. I'm very reserved. Mm. I tend to be a little bit more serious. I didn't come across as like the mm -hmm. chipper, perky, energetic um, mm -hmm. children's music group leader person. And I ended up doing a psychiatric internship and I loved it. But I knew like inside that like, I can work with kids. I like working with yeah. kids. This isn't something that's beyond me. Um, and I can find a way to do it that works with who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And I can find music that works with who I am as a person that still meets the needs of my clients, but doesn't force me to put on a completely different face every time I'm around a kid. Um, and eventually I did get to work in a children's hospital and then ended up in the NICU and, um, and then found my way here. And so for me, your music was really helpful because it matched so much more of how I tend to operate as a music mm -hmm. therapist. And I felt like I didn't have to work so hard <laughs> to like find songs that would work with my energy and the way that I present as a therapist with children. 
in a group and it made it easier for me to write some of my own songs that had more of that feel and sort of feel like I could give myself permission like it's okay that it sounds like that and that it's not Mm -hmm. super energetic or um you know really complicated or anything like that like it can still sound like who I am as a person and a musician and it can still have the right structure and predictability and everything that a kid would need to be able to engage with the music successfully and connect with the music so Mm -hmm. I think there's probably other people like myself out there that are similar and um, I think we all need to just be kinder to ourselves and not think that we have to be something different in order to make children's music or work with children that really we can all work with children if we choose to and we enjoy it it's just a matter of finding a way to do it that's authentic to yourself yeah it's challenging but yes but a really thank cool you for, thing to figure out. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I I can't believe somebody told you that honestly because you know, um, because I, I the words that you use to describe yourself I would use to describe myself in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, introverted and 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 yeah, there is a little bit of permission to. I remember really being exhausted sometimes, being trying to be this really animated mm-hmm. kind of person, and it just truly is not who I am. I'm more like the like let's like, you know, with my like nephews and stuff, like let's snuggle, you know, <laughs> let's snuggle and talk, you know, um, or go for a walk or something like that. And um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And yeah, there there is a space, a beautiful space. Um, and there are a lot of kids who need that like peaceful presence. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a beautiful space for that in children's music and certainly in music therapy with kids. Yeah. It's really cool. So keep doing what you're doing because thank you. You too. (laughs) People like me, we need that encouragement (laughs) that it's okay to be just the way we are. And yes, you know, like even just my, I've adapted my schedule over the last couple of years and thinking about like being more of an introvert. I don't Mm -hmm. like to do two groups back to back. I do a group, Mm -hmm. I take a break, I do another group (laughs) because I need a break. Like your song says, I can't just like keep going because I, I have to you know, recharge a little bit so that I can bring everything to the next group of people. And yeah, it's just really cool to get all that affirmation from your music. It's okay to cry. I need a break. I'm feeling grumpy. (laughs) I can think of like so many of your songs just off the top of my head that you were probably speaking to yourself just as much as you were to the children you were writing for in the moment. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So there's a lot to be gained for all of us from that. Um, I am curious what advice you would maybe give to music therapists or um, just musicians in general who are starting to write their own songs and go through the songwriting process. Kind of what have you learned and what would you want somebody to know if they were embarking mm-hmm. on this for themselves? It's it's really hard to do, but just try and take judgment out of it, self-judgment mm-hmm. of your own songs. Um, And I think that's one reason why I have an easier time writing children's music than I do like more serious music for adults because kids are not judging my songs, you know, I mean, they kind of are sometimes, which I love, honestly, if a a three year old's just like, yeah, I don't really like that song. I'm like, yes, like, tell me about it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but 
they're just a really honest, oh, that's what it is. They're a really honest audience. So I do not have to guess. Whereas with right. adults, you have to guess, right? So I would prefer that I just know where I stand with kids. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's the piece of, of songwriting that has been hard for me to overcome is just kind of withholding judgment. And that's what I would share with people. I mean, there's, there is literally no function, like useful function out of judging your songs. And so if you can just, if you can just let them be, you know, it's like that, you know, you mentioned the, like, I guess we can accept ourselves for exactly how we are. Like, that's the, that's what we want for kids. Right. And, you know, um, and so there's like a common theme there too, of like giving ourselves that acceptance. And I think that that has to be there for songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, and also you don't have to share your music, you know, right. <laughs> you can create and you can, it's, it's, sometimes it's a beautiful thing to share, but like, I write a lot of songs that nobody ever hears. Mm -hmm. Yep. And sometimes the song is, at least for music therapists, especially, I think it was a way that you processed through something. Yes. And it served its purpose for that space and moment in time. And then it's done. You don't necessarily yep. need to revisit it. It's, it did what it needed to do. And that can be a really beautiful thing too, even if it's not a finished song and it's just part of a song that you wrote to kind of get through a difficult moment. Absolutely. Oh so, yeah. I, my grandmother passed recently mm -hmm. and I recorded, I've only recorded one album ever, <laughs> but I didn't share it very widely. It was with a pretty small group of people. And when we were going through my grandmother's house, they found my album and it was Aww. sitting in a stack of her CDs and it was just the mm. sweetest little moment. And I found myself feeling like really appreciated and also completely embarrassed at the same time. <laughs> so yep. <I> like, <laughs> oh yes, I remember recording that. I remember those songs. I would definitely do it differently if I was sure. going to do it again. I don't know if I would share it with anybody I know now, <laughs> but it served a purpose for that time. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that I did it because I think it was kind of what you were saying. You wanted to be able to say that you had done it. Yes. And mm -hmm. to just do it. And, and not yeah. to overthink that whole thing. And so I think that's great advice just to remember, like judging it is going to stop you dead in your tracks and you're just yes. not going to do it. <laughs> yep. So Yeah. And being a perfectionist like about it too is mm -hmm. going to stop you as well. And I can tell you like even this new album that I spent like, I don't know, a year and a half on or something. I spent a long time on this album. There are things that I would immediately go and change listening to it now um you know it got, it got done about six months ago and listening to it now i'm like there are things i would like to change but i just have to accept it you know i had to choose when it was done i had to say yeah. okay it is done and so that it could go out into the world and then i just have to it's a snapshot of time you know mm -hmm. and it's also and I, I like i learned a lot in the process too and so the next one will be will be a different process in some ways um, so yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think of music as also as like a, it is, it is like a snapshot in time and it is like a legacy piece. And it is like that connection point with you at that, at that time and at that age and, and at that, you know, part of life and everything. So, um, so I kind of love it, even though I really is same experience, like almost every song I've recorded in the past, I just cringe when I hear it. Um, but, but it's, it's like, it's hard to listen to your own music, but it's important. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think when the creativity stops, at least thinking in music therapy terms, that's sort of a dangerous place to be as a music therapist. Yeah. Um, it's one of those red flags for your own health that maybe you're yes. not doing okay. If you're not creating, yeah. then something's not sitting right. Um, something's off balance. And sometimes like forcing yourself to create, it's, it's really hard to do if you're in a difficult space. But I still force myself to take creative time every week, even if nothing comes out of it, even if it's yeah. just that I, I sat in that space and didn't do anything. But then the next time I may come out of it with a bunch of new ideas yeah. or it's in the car on the way back from a session and I'm doing the voice memo thing too. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, what was that? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to lose it if I don't put it somewhere right now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think just making the time for that creativity and, and trying not to judge is is something we all need to do more of. And, and I think even though the sharing part isn't a requirement, that the more of us that are sharing our music with each other, the more widely accepted all of our music will be because we're it's putting true. more things out there that are different and unique. And um, especially those of us that work with neurodivergent children and their families, the kind of music that you write for that is different. You know, the way you structure yep. it is different sometimes mm -hmm. and the way it comes out or the contributions that the clients make to change the music is different. And I would just love to hear some of that music from people. I would love to hear right. what something turned into or what they created out of a therapeutic moment. And so I think it'd be really cool if more people are inspired by you and put music out there and share it, whether it's in this very professional format of an album on Spotify or in a more informal way, maybe just on YouTube or with kind of their peer supervision group or whoever mm -hmm. it is that they connect with. I think it'd be really cool if we all just did more of that. I completely agree. And the music therapists that I know that do share their music, there's a, I don't know, there's a, a depth to it that is really, really special. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I love listening to music therapists, personal music or um, especially the songs they kind of write, you know, processing things and stuff. It's, it's, it's so important. We all need to, um, need to acknowledge like, you know, how difficult our jobs can be at times and use music as a way to hopefully do that. I hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's healing for each other to be able to hear that. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been really fun. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I would really love to hear, um, I would just give you a moment to maybe share all the places where we can hear your album and any other websites or places that you would like us to go to connect with you and kind of follow your journey as you continue to share music. Oh, thank you. Um, there's kind of three main places where um, where it would be good to connect. Um, so Spotify is one of them or Apple Music. Mm -hmm. And my music is under my name, Stephanie Level. It's My last name is spelled like the word leave with two L's at the end, L-E-A-V-E-L-L, -L, and said a totally phonetically different way. So, um, but anyway, um, so Stephanie Level on Spotify, and then musicforkiddos.com is my website. And I recommend clicking the newsletter button and just getting on our Song of the Month Club, because I send out a free children's song once a month with the chords and lyrics, and give some ideas for how you might adapt it, um, and, and a recording as well. Um, and that's, that just keeps me 
uh, writing songs every month. So mm-hmm. that's been really fun. I've done that for about five and a half years now. And then um, the last place is probably our, my Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, that's where I am most active. And that's just music for kiddos at Instagram. Thank you, Elizabeth. This has been really, really fun to talk to you more. No, this has been great. I'm really glad that we could finally have you on here. And I'm really excited for your album and for everything that you're going to continue to contribute. Um, Just very grateful for your presence in the music therapy realm because you're needed. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you.